Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about what to do when you feel underappreciated. What to do when you feel underappreciated or when you feel like you're not getting the respect or consideration that you deserve in your job or your employment or your activities. And this discussion is going to center around an email that I, that I received a few days ago from a um, a reader who I had heard from once before. I think it was about a year and a half ago. A very nice guy. And he's working on the East Coast. And without really getting into the specifics of what he's doing, uh, I can say that he's involved in a volunteer-type um, activity. He has a regular job. And as a commendable side avocation, he volunteers on the side to work with people in his city doing some public service work. And I think that says a lot about this guy's character. You know, very, very admirable to be doing something like that. More people need to be doing things like that, I think. But in any case, he's been doing this job now, and he gets a small stipend for for doing it. And I think it must be like a weekend activity, and maybe a couple days a week where he has to volunteer his time. And what his email really came down to was, he basically was saying, he says, hey, look, you know, I feel like I'm doing this job and I like doing it, I enjoy doing it, I like interacting with people, but I feel like sometimes these people that I'm helping are not really worthy of my help. And I feel like they don't appreciate a lot of the things I do. I feel like my reward for doing good work is getting more work. And I just am kind of at an impasse here because I want to continue to do this. I feel like this is an important part of my life, but at the same time, I'm having a hard time reconciling the fact that these people are not the innocent lambs that maybe I had first thought that they were. And he asked me for some comment on this, which I, of course, am all too happy to give. So this is my response to that. First off, again, let me just say bravo to this guy. Bravo for doing what so many people should be doing but which aren't, doing something for other people rather than for yourself. All right. But even if you're doing that, there are rules of this game. There are rules, there are boundaries, there are rules of the game. And I think everyone that starts out in any job, idealistic and bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to take on the world, they quickly find out that things are not always what they appear to be. So let me first say as the first point that when you're doing volunteer work, you're going to you're going to run into all types of people, just like in any job. You know, I'm a lawyer, I meet with clients all day. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's there's heroic, there's cowardly, and there's everybody in between. So there's really no one boilerplate rule that you can get to about people. There's all types of people. All types. And the people that you're helping are going to come in all flavors, shapes, sizes, you know, whatever. So you can't always generalize. You should not let a few bad experiences ruin your enthusiasm. And at the same time, you should not let a few good experiences cloud your judgment. It goes both ways. So there are all types of people, and it really has no corroboration with socioeconomic group. You can find good and bad rich people. You can find good and bad middle class people. You can find good and bad 
lower class people, poor people. Okay, so it's important, I think, to understand that personality is personality. And it often does not depend on money. There are some miserable rich people. There are some very kind, warm-hearted rich people. Same thing applies for middle and lower class people. So that being the case, point number two here is you've got to set limits and boundaries. If you want to retain your sanity and keep your endurance for the long game, you've got to set up rules and boundaries with people. Because let's face it, when you're doing volunteer work, even though you may be getting a stipend, People who don't have skin in the game, people who don't have what we call skin in the game, are not going to appreciate always exactly what's being done for them. And it's human nature. It's not that they're evil people. It's not that they're bad people. But it's simply the fact that when someone is not paying for something directly themselves, when someone is not coming out of the pocket, when someone is not sacrificing and, and suffering themselves, they're not going to really appreciate what's being done for them. And this is just the way it is. This is just the way life is, unfortunately. So you've got to know what the boundaries are, and it's up to you to define the parameters of the relationship. Because in many professional interactions, money, frankly, sets the parameters, or is one of the parameters. There's rules. But when someone is not paying for something, inherently, they're not really going to appreciate it. And as I, as I said, it doesn't mean that they're evil. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're good or, or whatever. It simply means that skin in the game is one of the prime determinants of human behavior. So you've got to set boundaries. You've got to be very clear when you meet with people. This is what I'm going to do. This is not what I'm going to do. For example, you're not there to drive people home, for example. Let's just throw that out. You're not there to lend people money. You're not there to wipe their noses. You're not, you're not there to wipe their asses. You, there are rules to the game. If you have a function, a social function that you're performing, the parameters have to be strictly defined, and you have to enforce those boundaries. Otherwise, these people are going to run you ragged. And when I say these people, it doesn't mean any special group. It doesn't mean any special demographic or uh, what. It's just human nature. It means the people that you are doing work for. And it doesn't matter what background they are, whether they're rich or poor or middle class. If someone does not have skin in the game, they're not really going to appreciate. And you're going to find out that your reward for more work or for work is more work. And I've seen this happen with lawyers that do a lot of this pro bono work or where they do a lot of these court-appointed type of, of work. They could be the greatest lawyers out there, but if someone is not paying them, inherently, they're not really going to appreciate what's being done and they're eventually going to become more and more demanding. So you've got to keep this dynamic, this psychological dynamic in mind. because Otherwise, they're going to run you ragged. They will run you ragged, trust me. People will run you ragged. And it doesn't mean that they're evil or out to get you or anything like that. It's just the way human nature is. Same thing with teachers. I've heard teachers complain that if they don't set parameters in the classroom, parents will come in and ask them to drive their kids home, to look after them after school, to ask them to do special this, special that. And at some point, you have to say no. You have to say, my time is worth something here. And I'm willing to go to bat for you. I'm willing to do so much. But after that, hey, that's all I can do. 
If you don't define the boundaries, they will define those boundaries for you. My third point is that if you're doing volunteer work, you can't expect gratitude from people all the time. Now, you will get it sometimes. You will get it sometimes. And when you do get it, it's very, very nice. It's very, very nice. But you have to understand that, again, with skin in the game and with human nature being what it is, people are always going to be thinking, hey, what have you done for me lately? What are you going to do for me lately? So if you are constantly looking to other people's validation for your own personal satisfaction, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very disappointed. You're going to become embittered. And you're going to burn out at this job, at this task that you have. So you have to set boundaries. You have to set time limits. And you have to recognize that you're doing it for yourself. Don't look for the reward to come from them, from the customer or the client. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for yourself. And as long as you keep that type of focus, I think you'll retain a groundedness and a, a positive image about what you're doing so that you don't become embittered or burned out. My fourth point is that you have to value your time and effort. You have to value your time and effort. And when you're young, you don't really spend a lot of time thinking about this thing when you're this type of thing when you're in your 20s. But as you get older, you realize that everything involves time. Everything involves time, and in many ways time is our most precious commodity. Time is our most precious commodity. And that being the case, we have to value our time. We have to value our time. We have to be very careful to husband our time, to take care of our time. And we have to make sure that we're not wasting it on people who are not deserving of it. So you have to value your time and your effort. You have to become an expert at time management. You have to become an expert at time management. So if you can keep those four principles... If you can keep those four principles in mind, I think you'll you'll do very well. Again, to recap, number one, it takes all types of people that you'll meet with and you will deal with all types of people, and it's important not to become jaded or delusional. Number two, you have to set limits and boundaries. Number three, you have to keep in mind that you're doing this for yourself, not for other people. And number four, you have to value your time and your effort. And if you can keep those four points in mind, I think you'll do very well. I think you'll do very well. And I want to close this podcast by reading you a poem that I included in a, a recent article. Well, actually, it's not, not that recent. It was an article that I published on my site, qcurtius.com, back in October, almost, almost exactly a year ago today, October 30th of, of last year. And the name of this article was Be the Phantom of a Vision, The Wisdom of Ibn Munir. And what this was, this was a one of these articles I wrote about um, uh, one of the figures that appears in uh, the biographical dictionary of Ibn Khalqan. And the name of this scholar was Ibn Munir. And he wrote a very, very nice poem. In Arabic, the type of poem is called a qasida. A qasida. 
And he wrote a very, very nice poem, the theme of which is how we should view ourselves, how we should retain our self-image, how we need to keep in mind that our independence is the most important thing in this world. It's an ode to self-reliance. This is a very, very nice poem. And this translation was not done by me. It was done by uh, William McGuckin Deslane. Uh, and it's a very, very, very brilliant uh, translation. Very, very nice rendering of the original Arabic. And I want to read this to you because this ties into the podcast here that I've just made. It, it, it really ties into the podcast because it really speaks to anyone who out there who's feeling neglected or underappreciated and what type of attitude we need to keep in order to keep our balance. So let me read this to you. It doesn't have a title. It's a selection of a larger poem. But let me just read these couplets here to you by Ibn Munir. He says, When a man of noble mind perceives that he is neglected, his resolution should be to depart for another land. Thus the moon, when waned away, strives to attain to its full and succeeds by changing its place. Shame on your wisdom! If you consent to drink of a troubled source when the bounty of God fills the very deserts. During the course of your life, you sat in listless idleness and rivaled your camels in indolence. Why not take them and pry into the secrets of the desert? Depart and you shall gain luster, like the sword which, when drawn, shows on each side of its blade the ornaments which were hidden by the scabbard. When life forsakes the body, count it not death. The only death is to live in humiliation. Devote your life to the deserts, not to poverty. As long as God permits you to live, let it suffice you to deserve his favor. Despite the vileness of fortune's gifts, when they draw near to you, remain not in inglorious ease but be as the phantom of a vision which appears and departs. Fly, even during the noontide fires, from those on whom you rained honey and who reaped for you colocynth. Fly the deceitful wretch in whose heart the plantations of friendship are badly rooted and who, if you show him sincerity, will misinterpret your conduct. Ah, how well I know the world and its people, with them, it is a crime for merit to be perfect. They are formed in nature's basest mold. The best of them, if I say a word, will repeat it. And if I keep silence, will report to others what I never said. When fortune thinks to cast me down, my haughty spirit bears me up even to the stars. I impress upon my mind the discourse of grave events. Though it be darkly uttered, I tend my camels, but I fatigue them also on the failure of vegetation. The declaration which I make is plain and clear as the light of morning. Then follows a firm resolution which executes my will, as the edge of the sword slays the victim which it encounters. And we can see here that what Ibn Munir is saying is that when we feel neglected and unappreciated, it's our job, it's our responsibility to make for greener pastures elsewhere. The worst fate for a man of character is to live in humiliation among people who denigrate him, 
or to be around people who don't appreciate him. We should act like the phantom of a vision, an airborne spirit who knows when to move on. If we befriend people and get nothing in return, we should avoid those people. No matter what, we should not be discouraged by the arrows that fortune shoots at us. So this is this uncompromising independence of spirit, this uncompromising magnitudo animi, as Cicero would have said from On Duties, which you may remember from On Duties, that great phrase. This uncompromising, soaring independence of spirit is the type of attitude we have to cultivate amongst ourselves. We have to keep this attitude firmly rooted in our breasts so that if we feel that it's time to move on, we will then have that courage to pack up, take our camels, roll up our blankets, pack up our tents, and move off into the desert for greener oases elsewhere. That's all for tonight. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.